return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you that you promised that everyone who waits on the Lord, everyone who wraps themselves around you, that you would wrap yourself around us. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing that right now, wrapping your love around us. Mm, thank you for illumination by your Spirit. Thank you for the anointing of your Spirit, Lord, upon me as a teacher and every listener to receive by faith your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So my key passage today is from Luke 1:38, where Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. Um, You know, the book of Luke, of course, the birth of Christ is in almost every gospel, not in Mark. But Luke is a little unique in that he has the longest chapter in the New Testament. He tells at least 50% more of everything that happened in Jesus' life than anybody else. And he gives the artistic side of things, and he did these eyewitness account things where he talked to people, interviewed people. So we get in on some of the thoughts, the inner reflections, even the fears of some of the people that he talked to, one of which is Mary. And we're going to look at her story today. So we're going to read it from the Passion Translation. Let's start with Luke chapter 1, then verse 26 and 27. During the sixth month, Of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence. Now, that's an important thing to realize. And it's specified again in verse 19 when the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah. And Zechariah, of course, responds with, give me a sign. How can this really be? A little bit of unbelief. And the angel responds, listen here, I just came from the presence of God. Big deal, you should be listening. So here's Gabriel again visiting an unmarried girl named Mary. Now, most of the translations use the word virgin, but Dr. Luke uses a different Greek word, which simply means she's of marriageable age, which in those days was age 15. A little different than these days, right? So the angel is sent then to Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Usually the marriage was arranged already at age four. (coughs) The parents, excuse me, would get together and arrange the marriage. And then about a year before they were going to get married, somewhere in that time frame, they began the legal spousal or engagement period. Which um, might be good for us to realize that when Gabriel's showing up to Mary in the village of Nazareth, She's in preparation for her wedding. I mean, it's about a year. Could Remember, there's this surprise element in the Jewish custom. Any day he could arrive. Any day there could be the knock on the door. Remember the story, the parable of the ten virgins. So there's got to be a lot of preparation going on right now in her home. 
Because when that groom knocks on that door, she's got to have everything ready, packed. So I don't know if they had to do some sewing, but there's a lot of preparation going on. Maybe they're making food. I don't know. They probably didn't have freezers like we do, but somehow they're doing some preparation. And there's this excitement. Any day my groom is going to arrive at the door. So think about all this that's going on in Mary's life, in her family's life right now. And this is when the angel arrives to say, verse 28, rejoice. Actually, did I, uh, is this verse 28? All right. Well, I must have. What does... um, Passion Translation say right there, because my 28 says, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. Hmm. It doesn't matter. All the translations are different. I mean, maybe King James, if you read King James lately, the first thing the angel said in the King James is, Hail. And we're all thinking, Hail. We don't say that word these days. So you don't really get that the real word, the first Greek word that the angel said to Mary was rejoice. It's actually the very same word as Philippians 4, 4, where Paul's writing from the dungeon saying rejoice. I want you to be celebrating. I want you to be full of joy. In fact, the angel, don't you, can you see Gabriel? Does he have a big somber look on his face? No, he's grinning from ear to ear. Can you just see the thrill on his heart? I think all of heaven is super duper excited like, Jesus, the holy son of God, is taking on flesh. He's going to become a human being. He's going down to earth. So I think he's a little bit excited. And also I want to compare for you and have you think about the different scenes. Because Gabriel... First went to Zacharias, very highly educated, respected man of God, a priest in this big, important city of Jerusalem to the temple, the sacred temple, where there's all this ornate decoration. He even goes right into the most holy of holies. That's where Zechariah is that day when that, is, that message is given to him about your prayer has been heard. And uh, do you have that scene pictured in your mind, the important Zechariah and the big city of Jerusalem? And then he goes to visit Mary in this remote village of Nazareth. Remember what Nathaniel said later, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, it's the bottom of the barrel as far as cities are concerned. And then we're talking to Mary, a woman who's a girl, young girl, who's only 15. She's a very low estate. In fact, she mentions that in the Magnificat, how the Lord hath regarded her low estate. The first words of the angel to Zechariah were, fear not. Because I must, you know, he was one of these guys who lived the predictable kind of life. And, of course, any of us, how would you respond if an angel just showed up? (laughs) Anyway, I find it very exciting that the Lord would send Gabriel to Mary and first words were, rejoice, celebrate, be glad. And his second word, there's New King James, thank you. 
Having come in, the angels then said, first word is rejoice. Again, friends, this is logos. This is the word of the Lord. But it was rhema to Mary that day. And we can take any word of the Lord and make it our rhema, our living word from the living God. So I want you to hear this today. God is saying to you, celebrate, rejoice, be glad. And here's the second word. You are highly favored, highly favored one. Oh, my goodness. Now, if you heard me preach the last couple times, I can't remember if it was the last time or the second to last time, I shared with you that little insight that I found. This highly favored one is the Greek word carry to. C-H-A-R-I-S, which you all know that if you studied Greek, that's the word for grace or also joy. But when it says the highly favored one, that little Greek phrase happens two times in the New Testament, only two times. Here's one of them. Here's the angel saying, Mary, you are highly favored. And... The other time it shows up is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, where it says we are accepted in the beloved. Did I give you that verse? I don't think I did, did I? Oh, there we go. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us, that's you and I, accepted in the beloved, which is actually the same word. You, in Christ, are highly favored. Highly favored. Look at your neighbor and say, you are highly favored. Immensely favored. I mean, sometimes, you know how they, uh, in the Catholic religion, they see Mary as this high and holy one. Well, that's you, friend. You are high and holy in Christ. Immensely favored. Praise God. You know, when we look at this phrase, accepted, I used to think, well, that meant that God just said, okay, I'll take you. All right, you want to come in too? Sure. But no, it's the opposite. It's like he looked for and said, I want you. You're the one I choose. You're the one I immensely love, and I've got to have you in my kingdom. So I want you to think like that. You are highly favored. We're celebrating. What's his next word? Uh, let's see, I keep getting off of my notes here. Oh, uh, the New King James, there, that same phrase where it said, rejoice, highly favored. I think the very next phrase was, the Lord is with you. Actually, some of the translations right there between highly favored and the Lord is with you, they have the phrase full of grace. In fact, isn't that part of the rosary? Does anybody know? Isn't it like Holy Mary, Mother of God, full of grace, something like that? All right. So tell me, does that word phrase, does that little phrase full of grace, does that have anything to do with you and me? Oh, my goodness. That describes every one of us, full of grace. John 1.16, I know I gave you that scripture. I gave it to you from the Amplified because there is no way any of us can look in the mirror or look at our neighbor and say, I don't have any grace. No. Look at out of his fullness, out of his abundance. Listen, God is not running short these days of grace. He's not just letting out a little at a time. It's flowing. It's pouring in abundance. 
We have all received. We have all had a share. We were all supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And favor upon favor. And gift heaped upon gift. Wow, just take for a minute and let your imagination go wild with that. We let our imagination go crazy with all the fear and the stupid stuff in the world. And the what ifs and oh no, what's going to happen? Let's use our imagination to see this. Gift, heaped upon gift, blessing upon blessing. Grace flowing in such abundance that you can hardly take it all in. Glory to God. So I hope you're seeing yourself as blessed and favored. Praise God. we got to put on our spirit spectacles, our grace glasses, and see ourselves as heaped, heaped, heaped with favor. So um, let's see. I keep getting lost. Okay, back to that statement. I think the first one was what? Celebrate. Rejoice. The second one from the angel was, you are highly favored or full of grace. The third phrase was, the Lord is with you. That was the New King James for Luke 1.28. The Lord is with you. Now tell me, is the Lord with you? Are you sure? Amen. <laughs> what did it mean when the Bible said that the Lord was with Joseph? It meant he was successful in everything he did. Whether he was at the jail. Did he do good at the jail? Oh my goodness, they put him in charge. In Potiphar's house, he was so trusted. There was such success to everything he did that he just put him in charge of everything. And I'm telling you, that's the same phrase. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Hallelujah. When the Lord, the Bible says the Lord was with David and he behaved himself wisely. The Lord gave me that phrase to start making a declaration over this week. You guys making declarations? I hope so. That's a good one, by the way. I behave myself wisely. The Lord is with me. Glory to God. So here's just a couple more scriptures just to remind you. I don't know if anybody in the house is lonely, feeling alone, feeling like I don't think I can do this task that's in front of me. Can we look at a couple of these verses? Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. You probably have that one memorized though, right? The Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6, the Good News Testament, puts it like this. Your God. Is he your God? Ooh, your God, the Lord himself, will be with you. And some people say, well, yeah, he's just sending his angel. No, friends. He has given you his Holy Spirit himself. He is with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Hebrews 13, 5. King James puts it very personal. You can take this as Jesus talking to you. You don't need a prophet to come to you. You don't need an angel to visit you like angel, like uh, Mary. Here's God saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28, 20. You can be sure. Whoops. How about Matthew 28, 20? We got that one too? There it is. You can be sure 
that I am always with you to the very end. Glory to God. So the word to the Mary to Mary that day was rejoice. You are highly, highly, highly favored, which includes you. You are blessed. The Lord is with you. In fact, the New King James says you are blessed among women. I mean, that describes every woman in the house. Frankly, it describes every man in the house, right? You are blessed among the human race because you belong to Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So um, can we go to the Passion now for Luke chapter 1, verse 29, where it describes Mary's thoughts and reflections, which only Luke could do for us. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered. I think a little bit later she actually says, how can this be? I don't know a man. She's not expressing unbelief like Zechariah did. But she's bewildered. The angel assures her, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you. There's another one you can underline. Mm, The Lord has found delight in you. He has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy. You are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme. Let's let him be supreme, friends. He will be known as the son of the highest, and the Lord will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. Hallelujah. There's just no question as to what the angel is announcing here. Mary's not wondering, hmm, I wonder what he's talking about. No, she knew. Every good Jewish woman, every Jewish man knew about the promise of the Messiah. And here he was coming. Now, apart from the God part of this story, Mary is asked to participate in a task that's enormous. It's risky. It's going to be painful. It's going to be life-changing. Then there's the whole scandalous part of it all, of how she knew she was going to be talked about because of the um, unusual birth here. Um, Gabriel then, after she asks, how is this going to be? Verse 35, he answers, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. Do we have 35? The spirit of holiness. Have you been listening to that song lately, Breath of Heaven? You know, the Lord has just been... I played it during a concert the other day, and I guess ever since then, I just, I looked it up. I wanted to know what the words were. I know I'm no singer, but I'm just going to sing a little bit of it. Breath of heaven. What's the first phrase? Hold me together. Be forever near me. Breath of heaven. Breath of heaven, lighten my darkness. Pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. I mean, it's amazing to me, friends. I know I'm getting so ahead of myself, but this story is so thrilling to me. The spirit of holiness was what the, is what the Bible says. That's the same spirit that we can ask him to pour over us his holiness, friend. We can ask him to hold us together. And we have, you might think, well, I don't have access to the breath of God. You do, friend. Here it is. Living, breathing words from the heart of God. 
and uh, I guess I still have nine minutes. I always think I'm going to run out of time here. But when Mary said yes, when Mary said yes to what the angel is bringing her, I, I know I've read that she was already pregnant when the angel came. No, I don't think so. I think God was waiting for her yes. I believe the second she said yes, I, you know, any one of us, friends, when the breath of God comes to us, when the word of God comes to us, we also have a spiritual womb. Anytime the seed of the word of God falls into our heart and we respond like Mary, be it unto me, according to your word, we connect with, we are hooked up to the supernatural power of God, just like Mary. Did we find verse 35? No. Oh, it's up here. I just, I'm not seeing it. Sorry. The spirit of holiness will fall upon you. Just take that right now, friend, and just receive it. The spirit of holiness will fall on you, and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. The commentators explain that this phrase, cloud of glory, is the exact same phrase used about Jesus' Mount Transfiguration experience. The same cloud of glory where Jesus, remember, he sparkled, he glowed, his very clothes turned white. Why? Because what was inside Jesus was revealed on the outside. And friends, we're in a day like that right now where this glory, this radiance that we carry inside of us, it's going to be seen. Hallelujah. And so then he explained this is why the child born to you will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And then he tops it off with the announcement that your Aunt Elizabeth is in her sixth month of pregnancy. And I love how the Bible calls her the barren one. I know I didn't include that scripture, but I want to talk to you just for a second about labels. Because that's what everybody called her, Elizabeth the barren woman. And we tend to put labels on people. We tend to put labels on ourselves. Oh, I'm the one who can't remember people's names. Or I'm shy. Or I could never do that. Do you ever label yourself? (laughs) We do. We've got to get rid of the labels, friends. We can't put labels on our friends. We can't put labels on our kids. I've heard people defining their kids by their disease or defining their kids by their behavior. You can't do that. We want to define people by the word of the living God. So with God, it's not over till it's over, friend. And that's what really the angel is announcing here. Your relative, Elizabeth, she's in her sixth month of pregnancy. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then, thrown in in this amazing story to Mary is verse 37, which is such a wonderful verse. New King James says, with God, nothing will be impossible. Do we have the Passion? The Passion Bible puts it like this, because in the Greek, it's very different than, well, I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? Nothing is impossible with God. We can live with that one for at least six months. Right? But here's what the original really means. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Not one. Not one, friends. 
Not one promise of God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. So like I said, I don't know. God had a specific word for Mary that day, but he's got a word for you. I hope you're in this living, breathing word of God, listening to what he's saying to you. But let's receive it. Let's understand that there's not a word, there's not a promise that's empty of power. It's just up to us to activate it with faith. Glory to God. So how does Mary respond? A lot different than the great man of God, Zacharias. Here he was serving the Lord, dwelling in, working in the temple of the living God, surrounded by the holy and the sacred. And yet, he's so shocked beyond words that God would answer his prayer. That What does the angel say? Um, you're not talking for nine months. I cannot have you aborting this plan of God to send John the Baptist to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So Mary's response, do we have um, Luke 138, the New Living Testament? It's quite, it's just so personal. She starts by saying, I am the Lord's servant. King James actually uses the word bond servant, I believe. Maybe it's handmaiden, I can't remember. Some translations call it bond servant, which means I'm your slave. Wow, I'm your slave. I wrote in my notes here, because Albert did a message just a while back, and he described a slave as one having only one task in life. Just one. Obey the voice of the master. (laughs) Obey the voice of the master. Mm, Can we go right back where we just were? Easier said than done, huh? (laughs) The New Living Testament. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Friends, you really should, you should underline some of these verses. And I'm going to give you the same one in about four or five different translations. As we're looking at this specific verse here, I want you to pick one that just bears witness to your spirit and write it down and memorize it. We should know how to pray like this. Yes, Lord, I'm your servant. Yes, Lord, may everything you said come true. Hallelujah. Actually, can we look then at um, King James? King James puts it like this. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. What a response. I read one of the commentators said, well, it's just her. She's just resigning herself to God's will. I don't think so. I think it's a whole lot more than that. I'm hearing holy expectation. I'm hearing eagerness to please God. I'm hearing humility and faith and readiness to give herself to the Lord's pleasure. So can we look at it in the voice Bible? And or if you want to put that PowerPoint up, you can. Here's the voice Bible. Here I am the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. And Moffat's, I'm here. I'm here to serve the Lord. Mm, Say that with me. I'm here to serve the Lord. Can you say the rest of this? Let it be as you have said. Hallelujah. We got another one. NIV says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to be to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left. Now, friends, really, this word is just so powerful. I actually 
Um, the PowerPoint isn't going to work. Is that what we decided? Okay. So um, I actually have a DK translation. Because <laughs> I wrote in the side of my Bible, I said, I receive all that you have spoken. May your word unfold in my life. I mean, anytime we're reading and something jumps out to you and you should just say, yep, I received that one. May your word unfold in my life. And then the fun ending of this story, um, verse 45, Elizabeth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, very anointed at this point, she responds to Mary and she says, you are blessed. Because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, here's another verse. You just need to get it in your spirit. I think there's another translation that I included. I don't know if I... Did I give that one to you? New Living Testament? You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, friends, that is a, that is a spiritual fact. Anytime you respond with faith, anytime you say yes to God... Anytime that seed of the word of God falls into the womb of your spirit, it's going to bear fruit, something holy unto the Lord. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. So always with humility, there's grace. And Mary humbled herself. And there was an outpouring of grace. And anytime there's an outpouring and a release of grace, there's an outpouring of glory. Anytime. Anytime there's grace, there's a heart at rest. Anytime there's a there's grace showing up. There is um, a heart more given to worship than to want. And that's why we have the Magnificat, where Mary breaks out in song, my heart. Uh, how does, what does it say? My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit doth rejoice in God, my Savior. Because he's had regard to the lowest state of his handmaiden. And what else does it say? The mighty one has done great things in me. So, Lord, we thank you that you, the almighty, have done great things in every one of our lives. And we respond just like Mary with the yes, the yes, Lord, yes, be it unto us according to your word. Thank you that faith is being stirred in our hearts right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that we're being stirred to believe your word. Thank you for the breath of heaven breathing into our lives and for the response of your great people in Jesus' name. Be it unto us according to your word. Hallelujah. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.